0: Nine to five dot cc. we're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.
1: Hey Montreal! What's up? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Go Plug Yourself. Chris Vendito joins me once again as co-host, as we play host to Gonzalo Coloma and Dayan Tang. Uh, Gonzalo comes uh, works for as a artist coach at Yes Montreal. Uh, Dayan Tang uh, works uh, and develops and sells uh, Chokitam uh, jewelry, um, and they're basically both on the show uh, coming to talk about what the pop pop up exhibition that is a event that is happening uh, being organized by Yes Montreal this week on September 5th. It's actually going to be at two lo- different locations. It's going to be at Riverside in St. Henry uh, on Rue St. Amboise and Centre uh, saint Jacques on Rue St. Catherine between noon and five this Saturday, September 5th. Uh, what it is, is you're going to be able to uh, see live performances, live music. You're going to buy, be able to buy one-of-a-kind art, uh, mixed media, fashion items, jewelry, crafts, probably a million other things that I'm forgetting to uh, list. And that's happening uh, this weekend. Uh, And if you can't make it out this weekend, uh, be sure to check out uh, Yes Montreal and uh, to look up what's going on with uh, the What the Pop pop pop-up exhibition because for the first time this year, It's also going to be a virtual pop-up that lasts uh, from sometime next week all the way in through to the Christmas season of 2020. So you can get your Christmas shopping and buy presents from amazing local Montreal artists uh, and connect with them online. We have a great conversation. Enjoy the show. Uh, Tell your friends about the podcast. Obviously, like and subscribe uh, because I don't think there's a ton of podcasts doing what we're doing in Montreal. That's just my opinion. Go plug yourself, everybody. I guess that is yeah. my slogan. Yeah. Enjoy the show.
2: Go plug yourself, you plug in motherplugger. Go plug yourself, you plug in go, you plug go plug yourself, go plug in go, plug go, you plug go plug yourself, it's time for another go plug yourself podcast.
1: So there we go. Um... I feel that we'd be remiss if we didn't at least address to our listeners uh, just very briefly that Chris had a show last weekend. Chris, how, how did it go? <laughs> How'd the Bay of Pigs go? How'd the Bay of Pigs go? Chris, if you guys remember, if our two guests remember, uh, at, we're recording this on Tuesday. So Saturday, the amazing rain and weather that we had, uh, Chris and his uh, and Perfect Bite Productions, who we're big fans of, uh, had an outdoor camping comedy show.
0: We had a whole weekend planned, Keith. A whole weekend. weekend. We had had food trucks. We had people. We had vendors. Sponsorship. The whole thing. Friday was perfect. It was a dream. Friday was gorgeous. Saturday was the perfect summarization of 2020 as a whole. And um, (laughs) there's not much more you could do. You know, it's uh, it's it's just a loss. It rained so much on Saturday. The water level rose in Oka wow it, it yeah. was i saw that if you if you go oh, on facebook wow. uh did you post
1: photos on the event page chris or is it just on reese's page
0: it's on reese's page and my instagram and all that stuff
1: yeah so it's, it's, if you go look at chris's instagram or a friend of the show reese turner's photographs or anything uh you can see just the complete mudslide that uh, occurred over the weekends but otherwise like it was a
0: cool concept yeah, be, very, be very careful with your dreams kids as andrew <laughs> albert likes to say
1: if you dream of having a comedy festival in the woods.
0: Uh, hey, what's it, weekend? A festival? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was what a festival. It? it was a weekend activity.
1: Okay, you have two nights. I feel okay. Hang on. We'll ask. We'll ask two nights, three
0: days, two shows. It's not a festival. We're not uh, a comedy series here. Ah, i feel
1: like it's a mini festival would you guys consider that uh i feel like dressing? we're boring Addressing our guests stressing our guests, we're just, Addressing our guests. A story if you have um, a weekend long event where you go and you camp and you watch comedy multiple nights is that like kind of a camping comedy festival
0: yeah yeah,
1: yeah. gonzalo says it is and gonzalo's, okay, gonzalo's
0: off the podcast <laughs>
1: <laughs> turned on gonzalo uh kidding, my, actually my point about bringing up the bad weather though was kind of a segue. Uh, into the fact that we want you guys to have like the best weather possible this weekend. Wait, is it all the- outdoors? Huh?
0: Is it all outdoors this weekend, guys?
1: Yes. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> no, it's going to be the best. The best weather is going to be the best.
2: Uh, I mean, welcome but to we
0: COVID life. There's a,
3: yeah, there's a backup. Do you a
0: contingency? Well, what's the contingency?
3: Uh, we'll go indoors. This is what I'm <laughs> <we're gonna
0: laughs> That's a good plan. <laughs> So, only if,
2: if yeah, necessary, because yeah. there's a lot of logistics to uh, to do. And uh, yeah, we, we promote the event in two different locations. So uh, okay. we hope that we're able to do them, yeah. both of them. Uh, so far, so good. The weather looks, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. So uh, that's so the only like- thing we couldn't control. Yeah, exactly. Organizing this event. So hopefully weather yeah. is with us. And oh, at least 2020 right bring now. us. Hopefully, 2020 bring us one good thing, right? Exactly.
1: Good, good weather. So, this is where uh, so we're, we're Up talking your about.
0: Your mouth to God's ears.
1: Hey. <laughs> uh, so, we have Gonzalo Coloma, uh, um, artist coach from Yes Montreal. And we have uh, Diane Tang, uh, artist, featured artist at the What the Pop. Uh, pop-up art exposition being hosted by Yes Montreal. And then there's multiple of them, if I'm not mistaken. There's one that's coming up this very weekend. This podcast is coming out on Thursday. So this coming weekend. And then there's even a couple others I saw. I saw multiple dates. Is that right?
2: Actually, it's all in the same date. We have three different events. Uh, So we're hosting the What the Pop at the St. Jack's Church downtown in St. Catherine Street and at Riverside in St. Henry. Both events are going to be on uh, Saturday from noon to 5.
1: Okay. And the, so now when you see it's two locations, I'm missing Yeah, it.
2: The, the third event is going to be an online gallery that mm-hmm. we are creating for all the artists that are part of this event. Mm-hmm. And uh, it will launch probably somewhere next week. Okay. And will be rolling until after the Christmas season. So oh. uh, we'll be promoting our artists for them to be able to make some sales during, uh, during the Christmas rush. That's,
1: that's the big one. That's where all I know about uh, retail is basically that, like, you make all of your money in December, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like, everything, especially, I think, anything, like, niche, anything sort of, like,
3: yeah.
1: uh, that's not a, not a staple or whatever. You're, like, it's if it's something that could be a present, I mean, that's what they – isn't that why it's called Black Friday, right? Because that's when a company goes into, like, they stop being in debt after Black Friday. Like, I I believe that's the origin of the term. (laughs) Like, I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's it. Where it's just sort of like you're operating in the red until that weekend in Thanksgiving. And then you make all of your sales and then you have that whole whole retail period. Uh, That's awesome, though, that it's going to be so that if you do happen, if you're listening to this show and this whole uh, What the Pop experience sounds amazing to you, uh, but you're not able to make it to either the downtown or the St. Henry location, that's amazing. You guys are going to be able to go, the artists are, have a venue or an avenue to post their art uh, and their wares, I suppose, for purchase online all the way till Christmas. So that's awesome. So I have a million questions about everything that you guys are doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One, um, I see that you guys have done what the pop before, right? Like, I think that this is the third. Yeah. Yes. I got the dates wrong at the beginning, but no. I got
2: (laughs) you. You did did well your research. It's the (laughs) memory that exactly.
1: But this is the (laughs) third, uh, the third time around for for what the pop. But obviously, this year you guys uh, are. I feel we were talking about this a little bit before we pressed record. This is like a very important year. Uh, or not necessarily important year. I think every year is important if you're kind of uh, struggling to sort of make your career as an artist. But this is a very different year in the goal of making your career as an artist, right? Like your avenues for networking, your avenues for shows, your like you're putting out expositions are all all different. So how is that kind of, how much more important, I guess, is this this year? And how do you guys approach that? I guess, uh, Gonzalo from uh, kind of more of the organization aspect and then Diane more from the, Mm-hmm. The living it aspect
2: mm-hmm. well for the, for the organization aspect really it was it was a big challenge because we normally start organizing this event uh, I would say around the month of June okay. and uh, we were completely completely confined uh, and there were no no rules on what could we do yeah, uh, and,
1: and, and they kept changing it, too. You're just sort of like, it, one week, is, oh, maybe this. Next week is maybe this. So how could you plan anything?
2: Exactly. So we start getting inspired by different people trying to do things in the streets, okay. uh, trying to bring art to the street, where was the, the only place where artists could actually be if they're respecting the distancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we start planning this idea of maybe do a parade or something, something to go, meet meet our audience uh on the way uh, luckily uh, things start opening more we mm-hmm. could have more people around uh, still respecting all these all these rules and uh, we were lucky enough to find a few venues that uh, believed in the project and decided that they were going to jump in with uh, with us to create this outdoor gallery mm-hmm. um so uh and until sunday i think we're still gonna be A little bit in the limbo knowing (laughs) how how is it going to be but we are really really positive about it because what we're giving to the artists this year is really an opportunity for them to showcase their work in a moment where there's no many opportunities Mm. for them Um, my my work at yes consists in 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 coaching the the artists in the in the business side and helping them to increase their sales to reach their market and uh, this this exhibition is part of what we do at yes every year for either our clients or people from from the outside that know yes and would like to would like to showcase this this year we had many applications we chose uh, 55 artists Mm -hmm. and uh we have a range of different art forms from uh, uh, painting sculpture performing arts to jewelry like uh, diane and maybe mm-hmm. she can tell us a little bit more what she's uh, like, <laughs> what, what she's expecting and, and and what brought her to really wanting to be part of uh, of what the pub this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, you're doing my job for me, Gonzalo. <laughs> you just let up. <laughs> so, <laughs>
3: so yeah, it's it was it's it's a perfect opportunity. Um, I'm so thankful to find um, yes that uh, gave this opportunity, just especially with COVID happening. Um, Usually sales for me as an artist, uh, pop ups really help with increasing our sales and also finding our niche and our target, like our clients. So Mm -hmm. it's a great way to basically interpersonally like know our clients, what they're looking for and give us an idea of what we're doing good and what they're looking for in either developing collection or inspiration on creating something. So Mm -hmm. um, I started the business like uh, in 2009 with my husband. And uh, we did our first pop-up in December. Like, it was just random pop-up at a boutique. And I I was able to connect with the customers and sell right on the spot. There was an instant buy. So when you interact with your customers, there's a great way of just getting more better sales and just online or just, you know. So it really helps out um, the artist way with just doing, like he says, bringing it to the streets. Like, more people come out they they want the vibe or the feel of it and just that it, that communication and seeing it in hands is really good so i I can i can
1: tell you that it definitely definitely works yeah
3: yeah
1: (laughs) because my 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 wife a loves loves pop-ups in general like especially like there's there's and there's multiple things that she enjoys about them one she enjoys the fact that you're looking to uh, usually like a smaller creator like someone who doesn't necessarily have the the capability to enter into a big storefront so you're like Mm -hmm. so she obviously likes to support local business she's like two you're going to Probably find something that you can't get anywhere else because of that, mm-hmm. and three, she also mm-hmm. loves to get to know the the creators and the artists and stuff. Which I will tell you right now: if my wife uh makes it down over the weekend, if you get her talking, she will buy almost like mm-hmm. one of everything. Like she'll like all you need is like one item. Like you need one item to like draw her to the table, but then if you're like friendly and talking, she'll be like, oh, and I like this, and I like that, and I like this, and she's like, yeah, she's like this creator was oh. so cool and I, you know, spent all of this money and I'm like, amazing, but <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but yeah, but, but it is true though, because you're, you're, you're building that that rapport mm-hmm. with your audience in a way that you could never, even if you have like the greatest website in the world, the website can mm-hmm. maybe tell you a little bit about the brand could show mm-hmm. your products could show everything. But as a buyer connecting with the creator is, like, yeah. it gives you an idea of your thought process and why you create and so on and so forth. So you're not just getting, say, uh, an article of, uh, of clothing or an article of jewelry. You're getting, like, this whole, like, kind of, like, story of you your like, th- and this was made by someone who was cool, you know? Yeah. Like,
3: um, what's another good thing is that um, what's great about Yes is that they, they um, get a lot of artists together. So right now we have, like, even on our social media. I don't know if you know, Gonzalez. like we have a yes group and everybody's been informed that that Instagram is always bing, bing, bing. There's tons of information. So when you have a lot mm-hmm. of creatives joining forces, it's like the best thing. Cause like I find as an artist, you need support. You need that encouragement. You need the resources to like, people are like, Oh, where can I get canvas? Oh, I got a better deal here. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And they'll tell their story, how they got it, where they did it. And then you just, you just really connect with the other artists that are just amazing. And you don't know you could even be collaborating with them in the future or have yeah. come together. So that's what we've been doing. And it's just great because not even just the pop-up, we just been connecting with a lot of artists in different types of fields that could just inspire you Um Connecting, collaborating, which is like so important right now that we need. Yeah, that, there's a whole,
1: so. I guess, like a whole networking opportunity exactly. opens up for you guys just because you're mm-hmm. all going to be doing the uh, the mm-hmm. what the pop. Piece. I was watching. Yeah. Go ahead, Gonzalo.
2: Yeah, no, sorry, that that's a great component for mm-hmm. for the program. Okay, it's not only allowing the artists to learn more about their their target audience and see the reactions and see what products mm-hmm. sell better than than others, but also being able to meet other artists and having mm-hmm. potential partnerships. Is something that we really look forward Mm because that's that's the cross line where innovation is going to still happen, you know, Mm -hmm. when new things are going to appear when you when you mix creative people together. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm I'm super happy to know that even even now that we're also so far away, we (laughs) can't be so close due to technology, Mm -hmm. you know, and the way you all are preparing this, it it just Mm -hmm. sounds amazing, and I'm I'm super happy and I'm stoked to see what the what the result is going to be on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Chris, you, do you find saying? that
0: it's the Gonzalo? Do you find that it's been? I think you answered it in your in your statement there, but do you find it's been harder to get uh, partners on board for the event this year as opposed to the last two years?
2: Well, I, I would say yes, but not because they would not want to be part, but because the rules were not clear. So we were talking to a city and they were really enthusiastic about the idea, but then have some sort of issue due to COVID and the new rules that they didn't know if they could be part of it or not. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was yes, a lot more uh, difficult to organize it as a whole. Uh, but we passed through all of that, and I'm pretty sure that the outcome what is going to be great.
0: What was that point where you felt, less pessimistic and more optimistic about this going through? Cause it's, I mean, I, I mean, we talked about it off the top about planning events. It's never easy, There's a thousand and one things you gotta worry about. But I'm sure there was a point in the summer here where you were like, this is not gonna happen.
2: Oh yeah, there were many <laughs> points, <There> were many <laughs> points where we were, no, this is not gonna happen. And actually through that challenge come also other opportunities. If we didn't have that challenge, then we would not have built this online gallery. Because normally the pop-up is live. So because we're having these issues, we thought about, okay, we need a plan B. So the plan B was the gallery. But we didn't want to stop there. So we kept fighting on how to really do the pop-up experience, which is live and bringing people to come see the shop. So once we we had found what the format of the gallery would be, we knew we would have an event. Mm -hmm. But then how do we make it in the real world as well? And I would say that the time when we were optimistic was, first of all, when we changed to have uh, gatherings of 25 people. Okay, yeah, that, that was that, definitely a start. <laughs> that was a start. And when we You're found. Like, okay, the... 25
1: people at a time. You, know? <laughs> you can come in, you can see people, 25 people, you can look, you have 10 minutes, then you need to get out. There's 25 more coming in.
2: Yes, but, no, but like, you we're... could do it. It would at least be something, you know? Like... Because we were doing it outside. It yeah. was. It's a lot easier to be able to gather twenty five people than 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 inside and keep the flow, people yeah. in and out. So that was that was really good. And then when we found the first location, that were we could host it, mm-hmm. then we were like, okay, if one, wants, maybe others will as well. So then we start looking for other possible partners to uh, to do it. And and from there, I think the ride became became really positive uh, in the team. We were like. Okay, this is going to happen.
0: So, Was it I've, similar? I, oh, sorry, Keith. Uh, I was was it similar?
1: Say, your question right. is probably going to be better than mine, Chris. So I'm just jump <laughs> go in. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's like out there,
0: so I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No,
3: no, no, no. We I, want out there now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we all want to know well, your weird question, Keith. I was going
1: to ask both of you just because the, this is something that I, I think that everybody has sort of struggled with uh, this year in general, like a, a lot of people talk about sort of like the, the ups and downs of your kind of um, your your mental states in 2020, right? Like, I think everybody's been on an emotional roller coaster in 2020, the likes of which hopefully we never have to endure again. But clearly, both of you um, managed to stay positive to a certain sense, because you, you're pulling off this event that's coming up. Yeah, you're still creating, you're still going. So uh, I was just wondering, over the course of the last couple of months, what was one of the things that you did to kind of stay positive when there was all these potential uncertainties, all these roadblocks, like you guys both clearly pushed through. And I was wondering what kind of you did to stay positive throughout the last couple of months while we move kind of forward into some version of no- being normal.
2: If, if I could answer that, uh, I, I would say that my clients,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, I see so many artists that were affected uh, to this, what, what is happening now. But I also saw so many people fighting it up trying to find new avenues being able to pass through that and mm-hmm. me being their coach i had to be up for their game i need to be more positive than them i needed to be be there to really help them so that that was that was my gas mm-hmm. that was really what gave me the 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 strength and, and the positivism to to overcome these uh these hard days
1: yeah um mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. question
3: um <laughs> Yeah, for me, Like, were there yeah. any
1: mornings where you woke up and you're like, because, I mean, I guess we haven't really said what you do. We just said, yeah. oh, you're an artist that wants to pop. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. um, fashion yeah. designer. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, des- I'm a fashion and accessory designer. Um, hmm. I basically would say, because I was working full-time and doing a side job, but okay. I think when the point where it came for a lot of people, when they said, like, okay, your job is undetermined, it kind of just, it did bring you to a point where you're like, what is going to happen? Like, what am I going to do? Um, and then from for me, uh, luckily, I just I just kept on re-educating myself and trying to mm-hmm. connect with a lot of different people to keep on being inspired. So um, I got to even connect with people from high school during COVID that I didn't, um, high school at elementary school that I haven't spoke mm-hmm. to. It's crazy, yeah. So we talked about. I think think
1: that that kind of happened to everybody. Everyone was like, "I wonder how this person's doing." Yeah, and they just (laughs) just, just suddenly start thinking about every person you've ever met in your entire life and how they're handling this.
3: Exactly. So, um, to be honest with you, my graphic skills—I was I was good graphics, but during COVID, I got way better just because I had more of the time, when I say time, because usually you're, you're working a full time job, and then you have your business. So you're just constantly doing something. So artistically, mm-hmm. I got to paint, I got to do graphics work. So more and more that I got the feeling of the of doing my passion again, it gave me this drive to keep on doing it more. And then connecting with people as well, like just other artists as well. I think that um, the more people I talk to the support, like I think a lot of support And then Mm -hmm. people seeing your art uh, kind of just pushed me through. So that's what it is. Like every time I woke up every day and I said, what am I going to do today? And I just wanted to learn something else within the artist field. So Mm -hmm. I said, okay, my weakness is in graphics. So I said, let's learn every day about an hour on how to do graphic work more that I don't know, you know? So I did that, okay, today I'm going to paint, I'm going to do this and it just became more and more. And then it just, I gotten way better. And like uh, Gonzalez saying, a lot during this uh, process, a lot of people contacted me directly. Mm -hmm. And uh, during um, Black Lives Matter, I was Mm -hmm. doing handmade custom stuff for the movement. Mm -hmm. So this was another thing. So the movement got me going. I connected with other people. So a lot of things like that. So every day I just got some projects that were just, thank goodness, like uh, that just kept me going and inspired me to do more and more and more. So... Yeah,
0: you uh, you bring up Black Lives Matter. I, will, I want yeah. to ask both of you um, from afar. We, you know, reading about the the fashion industry specifically, there's uh, been a lot of loud controversies over the last few years. Whether it's uh, black artists having their you know work stolen from bigger designers, whether it's the Kardashians or a, you know big time firm uh, in the states, how's it on a local level? How has that gone? It's been a you know, it's been a very emotional summer. There's been a lot of uh there's been a lot of movement uh towards an end goal, but uh how has it shifted in from when George Floyd was murdered to now in the fashion industry about people speaking out, taking more control uh and speaking their truths? And how has it affected the organization of this of this event or has it at all?
3: Okay, um, right now with, um, everything happening, it's such a time where, um, we're now a lot of, um, black designers are getting noticed. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys heard, it's called, um, black designers of Canada. So right now, um, there's a huge movement right now where, uh, you can send donations to, um, uh, to help, uh, notice the, um, funding for black designers in Canada. There's mm-hmm. also a movement for Black Life Matters in Toronto that's like helping get the movement. And there's uh, a link, if you actually go to it, you'll see there's so many talented artists in that field. And uh, mm-hmm. also me, my husband um, is from Ivory Coast. So he mm-hmm. he he's a part of that. So with our business, we, we're like um, a bio, uh, BIPOC. So mm-hmm. we're involved in um, actually we've been more involved in as well. Like every artist that has, uh, or client that has reached out to us, we have also donated and also helped out in just supporting their businesses and doing, I've, I've been doing like free masks. So during the, 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 um, during the, uh, the walk and everything. Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. During the protests, basically I was doing free masks and hand painting a bunch of stuff for, uh, people of color. Just if they wanted to go and just general people yeah. in, in general so I think right that, now with the industry people are more supporting um, all cultures in in doing that and especially black lives as well so um, I don't know if you go on the site there's more details on it, but it's yeah. it's an amazing foundation that's uh, going right now to help on with uh, black designers yeah
1: I, yeah I was gonna say at least as a as a consumer. Right, mm-hmm. I think, or at least as a let's call, let's call myself like a an educated consumer. Mm-hmm. It's like with the events of twenty twenty, at least like racially and culturally, mm-hmm. uh, I think that it becomes important to like ask yourself like who made this, mm-hmm. you know, like not not just necessarily from obviously uh, which is another issue, like from a who made this in the on the planet because that's a whole other issue, but just in terms of like who are the creators that I want to support? Who are the creators? that are maybe not having the opportunities that other creators might have based on maybe the color of their skin or where they're from or whatever and it has nothing to do with the caliber of their creation it just has to do with the opportunities you know what i mean where it's just sort of like all of a sudden if uh if while you're shopping i think there was like there was a website that someone was sharing uh where you can like you can type in almost any product and then it would tell you uh the like the black owned business equivalent of it. So like mm-hmm. you could literally type like whiskey, <laughs> you know, like you're like oh, yeah. Jack Daniels whiskey, but then you're like, oh, here's a whiskey that uh is owned by like a black mm-hmm. person or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you could like if you are conscious of kind of where like where your buying decisions go, mm-hmm. you as the consumer have the ability to kind of obviously support BIPOC like creators, yeah. you know, like yeah. where hey you know what? That everything didn't come quite as easily for a whole entire group of our population. Yeah. If they're making cool stuff, why not buy their cool stuff? You know exactly. Like, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, I was going to say, Gonzalo, kind of the same follow-up question as uh, as an artist coach. Uh, do you have you have you felt like when you're because I just to understand exactly your role. Um, you're you're basically helping artists make a living at being an artist. Is that my understanding of the, uh, yeah.
2: The <laughs> like- well, yeah. So, yes. Yes. Montreal is organization that has uh, 25 years of existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, three different uh, divisions. One okay. is job job search. Yeah. So uh, we basically most of our of our clientele come from the anglophone minority of Quebec.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Which uh, 25 years ago were the Anglo uh, community, but has switched a lot more towards new immigrants that come mm-hmm. and, and arrive to, to Quebec and want to make a living. So we help uh, these people find find jobs. Yeah, That's one part. Uh, with that, we give them French class, and uh, we, we have a, a, a big program, and that's why uh, Yes started. Mm-hmm. Due to the changes on the demographic of our clientele, uh, we saw also that many people wanted to start their own projects, not just look for a job.
1: Yeah, they so want we, to like be their own boss. <laughs> like.
2: so, so we opened the entrepreneurship department mm-hmm. where we help entrepreneurs uh, from the ideation to having the finished product and, and, and going on to sales. And many of these clients were artists. So mm-hmm. we decided as well, why not having a dedicated artist coach that will help them go through these challenges of opening their own business and make mm-hmm. a living from their art. And that's where I, where, where I sit today. I am the person in charge of walking with these clients, the route of becoming an entrepreneur.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And what are the type of things that they, sh- they should know. And uh, so the background that I have, why I'm able to help them, uh, mm-hmm. I've been an artist for 20 years. Okay, I was uh, a circus artist. I okay. perform with different circus companies. Uh, maybe you know Cirque du Soleil, Cirque Loas. Okay, uh,
1: I've heard of Cirque du Soleil,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so I actually I've heard of Cirque du Soleil. Well.
0: That's a fencing <laughs> company, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> So, Weirdly, so you, you say that, but
1: I was just like I've been to a lot of circuses. So I've even been to Cirque i I've been nice. to Tohu. I've been
2: like so. Yeah, you, nice. name drop. Nice. So <laughs> Tohu was like a well, it was like a second home for me for uh, for many years. I'm originally from Peru. I okay. arrived here in 2002. Oh, wow. and uh, with the dream of, of becoming a circus artist, mm-hmm. and I was able to to do that and and to perform with different companies. At some point, I decided that I wanted to create my own my own circus and i Mm -hmm. opened a very small company in 2011. Uh, in 2013 i opened a second company and i was able to make them tour uh to more than 20 countries over 800 shows in seven eight years of of touring uh one of the reasons why i was i was successful was not because i was the best acrobat out there but because i actually knew something about business i had a i had a degree uh, that I got in Peru before jumping, jumping and running away with the circus. <laughs> I studied, I studied industrial engineering, uh, which in Peru is a little bit different than here. is more of a business degree for okay. manufacturers. Okay, so okay. I had accounting classes, finance, marketing, many, many of these uh, things that you need uh, in, as the basics for the for your business. So for me, it was easy to, for example, target my show. Who am yeah. I going to be selling it for? the people that I should be looking is my business going to be b2c business to consumer directly or or am i selling it to another business that will sell it to the clients so myself i was selling my show to a producer that will book it and they will sell the tickets so Mm -hmm. i had the understanding on how to talk to them because that's the business side and and i knew about that so that really helped me to put my brand there and make it make it happen i kept it i kept it small because i always dreamed to to be on stage and be part of the show yeah. i didn't want her to be the manager behind and having other people acting so at some point it became a little bit hard for me to to keep you touring <laughs> uh, i i had a family and that yeah. was i was getting older i wasn't getting better so i decided to quit circus and uh well sadly it's one of these professions where with age you know we don't we don't get better so it's like, we, it's like
1: basically only the guy in the middle uh the ringmaster guy who does like the top end. he's the only old guy at the circus exactly, <laughs> like, exactly everybody else is just doing flips and stuff and you're like there's a time limit on how long <laughs> like that works but you're like that guy could just like point and cheer and you get the crowd up he's okay but everybody else there's like it's i guess it's almost like a sports player like a pro like an athlete or any it's, other it's kind of like, like very physical intense there's a, a certain amount where your body can do it, and there's a certain amount where your body is going to not be doing it anymore, right? Exactly. At,
2: at a certain level, that's, that's how it works. So I decided that it was time for me to pass to, to something else. And uh, on, on the search of what do I want to do, I ended up going, and, and going back to school to study an MBA, which is a master's in business administration.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, that gave me a lot of new tools and a lot of new vocabulary in the business. Because when I finished university in Peru, it was 2001. So okay. the world had completely changed. Technology yeah. had arrived. It was barely the internet and, uh, <laughs> in 2001. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Just to tell you, when I when I learned how to juggle, mm-hmm. I learned from a video that I saw on TV of an old circus. And then <laughs> I was I was creating tricks on my own. And years later, I saw videos and I was like, oh, that trick existed. And that one also, you know, because I yeah, didn't exactly. know anyone and who you can, was doing that. Now you
1: can Google, that. like, a thousand juggling tricks whereas like you'd have access in the I guess when when you were learning you'd have access to that one tape and you'd be like everything else everything else I have to develop myself.
2: <laughs> yeah, that VHS, you know, that I recorded from TV. That, that was the first uh, the first step. So after after doing that, I became a consultant for different companies in the creative industry. I became mm-hmm. a mentor for startups in the creative industry with a technology component. And then my goal was, was really to be able to help other people to bring their dream come true. Okay. I didn't want to be the person pushing my own idea forward. I already did that with my companies and it was fun. But I wanted to help accomplish other people's dreams. So when I saw this opening at at, at Yes Montreal to help artists develop their art and be able to live from it, for me it was it was really it was a call. I was like, okay, that's what I should be what I should be doing. And from my experience, I do think that I'm able to add value to to the clients today. I think they do appreciate the work that I that I do with them. And uh, because there's no one route, what it's important here is to understand who is the person we have in front, what are the qualities, what are the things that they should be working on, and what is on their on their abilities, you know, and uh, giving giving them some theory. Thing, some homeworks, but also listening to where are they comfortable and what are the steps that they should be that they should be passing, and uh, the progress is is amazing. Uh, I help them building the build the business or finding the target the target audience or even uh, writing grants. You know if that's something that they need to do in order to go to the next uh, to the next level. So it's a, it's a really fun job and I get to organize events like like this one and meet many <laughs> artists in Montreal and uh, and myself you know I'm, I'm able to also purchase some of their some of their art I mm-hmm. even bought for my mom last Christmas a piece of art from one of my, my clients and I oh. I took it to Peru, and it's now on her on her wall in in Peru. So you know, it's it's just really cool that I'm I'm so privileged to to be able to work with so talented people.
0: Gonzalo, you were saying a big part of what what you decided to do later in your life was because you felt that was a calling to help the um, like younger artists come up and you know able to make a career out of what they want to do in their dreams. What what do you think the most important thing is for any artist entrepreneur is to keep to keep in mind and keep that perspective because you ask this question to different people in different industries and it's like well never give up or work hard or you know, every, every single <laughs> platitude you could offer but as someone who's, who's specifically now trained to, to give that advice like what's the biggest mistake you see young artists who want to make a business make?
1: But yeah, so to follow up on Chris's question, what do you, what is that advice though, then is like, is there a, when do you, when do you try to build your brand? When do you try to make it a business? When do you like, okay, you're like, okay, I'm doing this thing. If it's, if it's comedy, if it's fashion, if it's performance, if it's circus, if it's whatever, how do you transition to, I have a passion to, I have a business, I guess is the, Um. the, the the. Like, I know, I'm sure you can talk for like 10 hours about this. This is like literally your job, but just like a a small piece, I suppose. Well, if
2: if I can make it very easy as an answer, you have the business when you create sales. Yeah. Right? So ultimately, what you want to do is to create sales. And uh, for me, two very important components to create sales are, well, three. And the first one is very obvious is go out and sell. Okay, but there's many people that forget that part and they're waiting to have the best product, the perfect product before going out and start selling. Mm -hmm. Not understanding this going out and selling, give them information on how to improve their project, how to improve their product, sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, so having something and going out and testing it is one Mm -hmm. very important thing. The second one is understanding your market. Who are you selling to? Mm -hmm. You cannot just throw the product out there and expect everyone to like it. As mm-hmm. artists, we're so attached to what we do that a no hurt us. Yeah. yeah. And sadly, sadly, <laughs> we're gonna receive more no's than yeses.
1: Uh, I think it's important though. I think I think it's just important to to, to stick on that though, is you're like, does someone want it? <laughs> like whatever your art is, does anybody want it? Find those people. Exactly. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> exactly who are, who are those people that like your art and how do you get in touch with them
0: mm-hmm. okay
2: and, guess, and yeah. accepting
0: have you ever had to have a conversation with somebody or a student or someone where it's like hey jeff um i really appreciate all the effort
1: <laughs> no one's buying this no one's ever no buy no this. one's gonna buy
0: this <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know you put a lot of work. <laughs> I don't know what you're <laughs> <we're laughs> making.
0: Is that a tablecloth? Is it a T-shirt? Nobody. I'm knows. happy. Jeff. Chris
3: is making the names Jeff. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. Jeff.
0: Hang on, I'm
1: gonna <laughs> check the. <laughs> uh,
0: I thought it was it's a. An I an thought it was a really vanilla name. Yeah, I was like,
1: I'm gonna check the artist attending to make sure we're not calling out <laughs> any <laughs> any artist what the pop Jeff. <laughs> <Just> <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, it it happens. And I would not say that it's due to the product that it happens. It's more due to the the lack of really understanding that you have to provide everything in your company. And Mm -hmm. because that's so hard, you also need to learn how to form a team around yourself. And uh, being an artist is very lonely. but And that's where the third part of it is the networking. Mm -hmm. The networking is, is a trampoline. Is mm-hmm. what it's really gonna push you to the next to the next level, and mm-hmm. acknowledging that, I always say like, "How come Britney Spears became the biggest star? You know, she wasn't the best singer." <laughs>
1: you lie, sir. Lies. Right? <laughs> Britney was a saint. She out that her voice of an angel. No. <laughs> but you no, know, I mean, so her dance moves. It was
3: the dance <laughs> and the dance moves. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, but like, you, you, the, but it's, and, it's yeah. a good, it's an excellent point, though. Like, you li- you can listen to AMO almost any music station, if it's a pop music station, if it's a rock music station, if it's whatever, the music that's getting paid on the radio is not always the best music on the planet, mm-hmm. right? It's the music that got enough exposure to be on the radio. That's mm-hmm. not necessarily a judgment of talent, right? Like,
2: yeah, and, and in today's life. Uh, and being in Montreal, where there's so many artists and so many talented artists, going back to what you were saying, Keith, earlier, just being a good musician isn't enough.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh.
2: You know, you really need to to have all the other things. And and for me, networking is uh, it's it's part of of what forms the the, the basics. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I found my first mentors in Montreal like that. I found my first gigs like that. Um, I pushed my business by being smart in understanding with whom I had to go and talk. When was I working? When was I partying? You know, mm-hmm. at some point after a festival, if I'm with a few programmers, there is probably not time to be drunk. You know, it's probably time to have a good chat, tell mm-hmm. them about my show. So they, in a, in a nice and cozy environment, they remember tomorrow, and that helps to to get a next gig.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. See that's why comedians struggle so much, Keith. It's that last part that ends And all not being drunk, about, knowing when to be drunk and not to be drunk. <laughs> comedians, we miss that memo. Not all of us, but some of them miss that memo. They're like, and that's why they
1: there's no networking. <laughs> so you're like, hang on, do I get wasted it's before?
0: appreciate there's networking. You, get you get just not remember the comedy. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> See, I'm not. I'm not a big drinker, but I I, I have been known to. Uh, party with overserved individuals, <laughs> and uh, you could always tell that moment where the networking has gone from "oh, this is a positive, this is going to help us" to "this is this is bad, this might bury <laughs> it."
1: I was going to say, I was like, well, the problem is, is because, you know, like you guys, at least, at least in my experience dealing with, with comedians is they're like, well, you have to drink a certain amount before you get on stage. And then, well, you had a good set. So. Okay. Let's not, let's not bore. Our so ca- now you, now you have ca- to drink ca- a little bit because you had a good set. And now by the time the networking is happening after the show and everything, you're already a couple drinks in. And now you're like, oh, wait, how I have to have the most important business conversation of my career now <laughs> that I'm a bunch of drinks in night.
0: My problem is not the drinking. I don't drink at all when I perform. My problem is that uh is the always being skeptical of who this person is that's important. Like, who's that? No, I don't know them. Exactly. I'm not meeting with them. I don't care. He's Gonzalo
1: uh, backstage after a show and he's like, Oh, I'd like to give you like a lot of opportunities. Uh, you know, like we, we could take a look and you're like, Who's Gonzalo? Who is this guy? Who's I
0: Gonzalo Gonzalo?
1: <laughs>
3: like, great great part.
0: <laughs> Chris, it's an open mic. What's wrong with you? <laughs> um. So, what are the what are the big details for Saturday? What are are, are there tickets available? Do we are we selling tickets? Or is it just come to the kiosk, the pop up location, the pop up shops? Show up with money. Uh, the three different locations. Right, it's three different locations. Well, too, too real Show wonders. up with
2: money. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Show cash only, right, Gonzalo? Uh, <laughs> no, there's got. Guy, you guys have tap, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I thought this was in little Italy for a yeah. second. Um, my bad. Chris, my info Chris was going back to his roots. That was... So we just didn't get. I'll cash only this weekend. Of course you did. <laughs> no <laughs> refunds for you, uh,
1: but yeah, no, So, um, but, you, but you mentioned, I guess there's a lot of a lot of artists. I mean, I, Dan, I would just. I wanted to to mention uh, you're there as a fashion artist, but Gonzalo, you mentioned uh, there's even performance artists and stuff. So are there going to be performances? Like I guess you show up to shop and then you're also going to see some performances. So there's even like a performative element. There
2: are going to be performances and the performers are also going to have a table to be able to sell some uh, some merch. But uh, that's mostly going to happen in the St. Jack's. OK, we have a very nice stage facing St. Catherine Street. So you'll be able to see the, the, the shows from the street without any problem of being too close to, to other people. So it's really going to be COVID friendly. Uh, we invite everyone. Uh, the, in, in, in the other location at Riverside in St. Henry, uh, it's in, in front of La Canal. So we're yeah. also going to have some artists outside uh, performing performing to the people that it's walking by and to the people that it's arriving to the to the event uh we do have a variety of artists and i just to name just to name a few there is a guy called uh jonathan wilanski who does uh well his company is cd animals and he does sculptors with uh, cd's so he recycles Aww. cd's and makes uh, makes animals with them it's really interesting nice. and
1: uh, it's for cd's in 2020 <laughs> yeah <laughs> Taking something that everybody is like throwing out and making it
2: into (laughs) art. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. What's a good way to recycle and and, and keep history alive as well. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's really cool. We have an artist called uh, Zoe Q, who is an illustrator. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, her theme is, uh, how is life being an immigrant in Quebec?
3: Oh wow! And nice. uh,
2: she has these beautiful illustrations about what's what's going on, and and through her eyes. I think she arrived here six months ago, wow. and uh, oh, so she's doing great. What a hell of
1: a six months! To, like,
2: yeah, I guess, like, <laughs> like, like I imagine that like the the
1: the immigration experience is intense, no matter what. But like immigrating somewhere new uh, amid COVID nineteen just seems like the most intense thing and like imaginable
2: <laughs> yeah and, and she's doing great her art has been already featured by Colt and CTV yeah. Uh, so yeah no we have we have really good art we have uh, amazing things that are going to be happening and I invite everyone listening to the podcast to go to both yeah they're not because, that far uh, like it's like they're, like a, they're not honestly, that far
1: you, you have the five hours you could do like an hour one and like 20 30 minute commute to the end and then you're an hour at the next one and you have
2: plenty it's of a time 15 minute bike ride
1: there you go yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I guess uh, the, the um, Diane would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, you're one of the artists. Which which venue are you going to be at? What uh, what can we expect? I don't know if you saw on Instagram, but my wife is already uh, a fan. She <laughs> yeah, she was like, "What do you have?" And I was like, "Oh, it's uh, I sent the, the link." I'm like Choke, Choke, by choke- that. Uh, Choky dem. Choky dem. Yeah. Yes, because I was like, it's choke like choker, and then yeah, exactly. Of, I, I That's say, what the like, name. Yeah, okay. exactly, and then yeah. I think like but. It's where I think item is my, where my yeah, brain E-tem, goes. Yeah, like, like item, E-tem. it is. Yeah, yeah. I, so basically- I saw the whole like, thing on the website. You had the explanation, yeah. but I was like, yeah. I'm going to mess up this pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: so the name comes from like, a, we are inspired by the 90s choker. So we adapted mm-hmm. to that. And then item is like, you hear that phrase, those two are not item. So we mm-hmm. kind of want to co- connect your jewelry with yourself. So those mm-hmm. two are our items. So together you make the perfect pair. So that's what the things. And um, yeah, I'll be at St. Jack's um, Mm -hmm. and St. Catherine. Um, I'm excited for the event just because like, again, we've um, like he said, he just named a bunch of artists that I didn't even know that are probably at Riverside.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I don't have the list of who's who's there. And I I really am I wish I could leave. I wish I could
3: leave and also see Riverside as well. But yeah, there's (laughs) a lot of there's a lot of great artists. Like we like I said, um we're connected on the Instagram and Mm -hmm. just the art is just amazing. Like uh and you know there's so many artists that you just want to know every story. So with my story, it's just um, our, uh, we design in Montreal, and then we get our jewelry made in Africa, in Kenya. Mm -hmm. So we work with women um, that are trying to build their business as well, and are artisans. So preserving the um, technique and handmade craft out of Mm -hmm. recycled brass. So we're an eco-friendly brand. So this is, we incorporate um, recycled brass, and uh, we work with them. just so it helps, uh, we help build their portfolios and we help them build capital and bring um, capital to build a better life.
0: That's so yeah. Amazing.
3: So we we basically direct, and it's a direct, so it's free, uh, fair trade, um, mm. it's direct with them. And yeah, so we, we work right now, we only have two artisans, just because we're mm-hmm. a startup, but eventually mm-hmm. where we'd like to go is like to build a community and then help them build more of their um, their art as well. Not just us mm-hmm. designing, but them as well, yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I was also going to say I was just taking a look at your at your Facebook page and I imagine mm-hmm. this is true of a lot of artists. Uh mm-hmm. I feel like you're probably going to get uh a lot of the coolest face masks you could possibly <laughs> buy at yeah. these two events. Yeah. <laughs> just like, taking taking so, a look. I feel that like everybody in the like accessory fashion world is yeah. now looking at uh or and even merchandise for other other types of performers and stuff yeah. like like everybody is just looking at the mask as being like well everybody needs one <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> we, it's, like, we might it's as true. well put during, our stamp on it like,
3: yeah during covid the mask has been like that's what's been selling like nothing else except for the mask so um if you see i do sell some masks um all the fabrics are imported from africa as well and then they have a nose clip and adjuster so it just does all things all everything for you. The only thing is, like, um I know some people wanted the filter. That's something we just didn't do, just because we have already the nose clip and the adjusters. But yeah, mm. this is what it has, so it's perfect. Yeah. Listen,
1: masks are fine without the filter. <laughs> filter is for. No, I'm just. I'm telling you.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> my wife. Yeah. My wife's had a mask with a filter for like way before COVID, even, and it's like yeah. the filter is more for allergens. It doesn't really. Yeah. If you're buying a COVID mask. What you're doing is you're protecting the water droplets and yeah. stuff. The filter is really just for like pollen and stuff. So if you're alert, if you have bad allergies, that's what the filter is for. But it's like, not really a COVID piece. Like, but like
3: Gonzalez was as saying, in the business, this is where you get, you reach out to your customers and they'll tell you yeah. what they would like more. So if you can yeah. touch base on all three of them, you're, you're, it's gold. You know what I mean? Those are the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. That was the only thing I think that, um, they were, uh, I got comments on is just like the filter, like you said, to reach out to people that wanted that extra security of Mm -hmm. allergens and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Uh, Chris, I think we're, we're pretty good to start up five questions. I'll explain the bit uh, a little bit. So what we do is we ask the same three questions to, uh, all of our guests. And then the fourth question is a question that our previous guest asked to you without knowing that it was you. <laughs> Obviously, they just asked the question into space. And then the fifth <laughs> question is what question would you like to ask, I guess, a total stranger who will be the next guest on our show? So I will you have to think about that uh in the in the back of your mind.
0: Keith is uh very attached to this bit. <laughs> I love um, it. I think nobody else does this in podcasts. Nobody does. So we're gonna have it's to have good. Paolo speak to him about that nobody likes this questionnaire bit but we're very excited about Thank
1: it. Thank you Chris. Um, That's why uh, you're my favorite of the of the co-hosts Chris is that you you
0: Yeah, you have three co-hosts. do you, you really have one if you have three. D- um So the question is the first question is for either of you? I said both. Uh, for both of you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go uh, dealer's choice on the first one. What do your inner thoughts sound like? Yeah.
3: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> to do with the writing of these questions. Yeah. You actually did,
1: by the way. You wrote the second question. You liar.
2: My, my <laughs> inner thoughts are trilingual. Oh, sometimes yeah. I'm no, speaking to myself in French. Sometimes I'm speaking to myself in Spanish. Sometimes I'm speaking to myself in English. And sometimes <laughs> I kind of like or don't understand myself, or I'm translating whatever I'm saying to myself in order to be able to say it. It's super I, fun one day I was I was walking the street singing a, a Peruvian reggae song and I was singing it in French <laughs> in my mind you know and then I realized I That's I don't know what's happening yeah so you never
1: you never had like did you did you ever like think in circus where you weren't even thinking in language, you were just thinking in like performance and acrobatics and juggling and you're just sort of like, this is not even language anymore?
2: Definitely. <laughs> Definitely, yes. And and some days I was I was daydreaming that I was looking jugglers around when I was walking in the streets.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Diane, same question?
3: Oh, that's a tough one um, <laughs> for me. I guess I would say I'm always um, planning. Like I'm always planning too much in my head. I think my mind moves so. Yeah, it's really it's really messed up. I can't really explain what's going on in my <laughs> head. It's really it's like, what am I gonna eat? And then it's like, oh, I gotta create that. Oh, oh, gotta finish this. So I'm kind of like all over the place. I think um, the only way that it's I like can items
1: just coming in. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, like things is fine. Here.
3: And then also the only thing that keeps me straight is like if I'm I write it down. If I write something down, then I'm uh, my mind's but what's going in my mind is uh, it goes too fast. Like I'm thinking too fastly. That's what it is. It's a, it's a speed. Like, I, I get that. I, like, yeah, I, I, have, um, I have that a lot
1: of like, especially when you, when I'm sitting there and you have uh, like a thousand things all coming, you're like, I just need to put this, like I will sometimes like I, I use, I use post-its a lot yeah, yeah. because I can like kind of like they can become an action and I can get rid of them. But like, I'll write, I'll write something on a post-it that I need, I'm going to do in about 30 seconds, but I still need to like write it, to make sure that yeah. i even get to it 30 seconds from now otherwise i'm just like
3: yeah. on to the next
1: thing and i don't even get there
3: i think that's it like even even right now with this podcast i had a million things i want to say and then it was just like it blocked it so it didn't really come yeah. out the way i wanted it to say you know we'll so have to could...
1: have you on again i guess that's the, solution. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> the after what the pop after what the pop yeah
1: there you go oh there yeah, there yeah. There yeah. Go. <laughs> counting the millions <laughs> Yeah. So, Chris, think- you want to ask your, your your second question, the one you wrote, buddy? Chris? I don't know. I feel I I don't hear him at all. I'll is ask this question. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel that is I hear him. <laughs> and
0: then he'll come back. Oh, we're still here. I was on, I was on mute. All Sorry. right. <laughs> I I apologize. I didn't want uh, to distract any of the answers. No, just, uh, I
1: was like... Uh,
0: I, was like I went on a rant about how I'm not sure if I wrote this question or not, and I think you're lying. Mm, but that's neither here nor here. We really have it
1: on episode 200. You can go in and go back, listener.
0: What was your favorite thing to eat as a child? <laughs> oh
3: my gosh.
2: Oh God, that was an easy one. <laughs> that, that's an easy one. Go ahead, so it's a white rice with a mashed potatoes puree with an fried egg and fried bananas.
0: Sounds if great. If you've That's never it. tried that, please I've never do it tried. tomorrow.
2: <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> the best thing ever!
1: And that was like circa, like what age? Or was that like the whole your whole childhood? <laughs> like was that like a young snack, or like was that more like your teenager?
2: Or was that? Uh, I I would say that that was that was very very young, uh, maybe until I was uh, eight nine. But even today, when I want comfort food, I'm gonna do uh, the the rice and eggs. I will not do the mashed potatoes. Too much work. (laughs) And I'll I'll put bananas if I have. Yeah.
1: There you
2: go. I'm trying to teach my son, but he doesn't like it. And I don't understand why.
3: Um, For me, I would say my dad's uh, Vietnamese spring rolls. So, he would make them different because he would use a rice paper. So, basically, what people are using as fresh rolls for the rice paper, they would do it fresh. But he actually uses the rice paper and then he puts, um, the it's full of meat instead of just vegetables Mm. and then wrapped in fried. And then you wrap, traditionally, what you're supposed to do is you wrap it in like a big uh, lettuce leaf. And you put the vinaigrette carrots aside and you roll it up and then you dip it in your fish sauce. And it's very delicious. That's what I, I ate all my childhood because um, I had eight, we had eight kids growing up. Like uh, I have eight brothers and sisters. And so my dad would make spring rolls for the whole neighborhood. And he had the secret recipe to do it. And all the <laughs> no kids one else, the is, neighborhood, no one else
1: made this, yeah. Rolls no, like your dad.
3: Everybody <laughs> in the neighborhood would be like they would smell them, and every, every kid from every neighborhood. And we were popular because of my dad's spring. Rolls. So I would say that was like, and it tasted good, it wasn't just because everyone came around, it tasted very good. Yeah, it was delicious. I'm one hungry though. Nice yeah. I was gonna say
1: one of these days, Chris, we have to make the uh, the go plug yourself cookbook of all of these <laughs> answers, but, yeah,
3: that's a good, that's, yeah, a no, good, that's good, yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, They're both really solid. Go ahead. So, question three, uh, which I modified, Chris, based on negative reaction. Um, (laughs) Now it is taking the spirit of the third question and changing it a little bit. Uh, What was the best or worst
0: thing about growing up? (sighs) So, you don't have to answer. Originally, we added just the the worst thing about being an adult. That was what we had. (laughs) yeah, I know, and people didn't. I like know,
1: them. but that's why some people are like, "Being an adult is amazing." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So what is the best or worst thing about growing up? So you could pick one. They're both both looking very, very, uh, very, very thoughtful. I was like, I don't know if Gonzalo ever truly grew up. If he just literally grew up and joined the circus. <laughs> he did the thing that little kids do where you're like i'm gonna go run away to the circus but you did it as a career and were successful at it so i don't know where (laughs) growing up happens there but yeah, no, it could be uh like paying bills doing your own laundry you don't need to think about this too too (laughs) far
3: okay good because it was just gonna be eating i'm not gonna lie eating's the best thing
1: Eating whatever you want, yeah. Kind of thing like, uh, yeah.
3: Well, like, <laughs> in, enjoying eating, like, yeah. Being able to go out and eat and, yeah, devour what you want to eat. Yeah, is good. Yeah, for me. I, w-
1: I would say that that's a, a big deal because, like, I think even
3: you need um, eating to live, and to live, you need that eating. So, but
1: like, there's such a there's such a big phase of your life where you're not <laughs> in charge of what you're eating. <laughs> you know, what I mean? you know what I mean. Where you're just sort of like you're like, oh no, this is. I guess I have no choice. This is what I'm eating. And it, and I mean, obviously, when you're a kid, you want it to be sweets and and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. But even as an adult, like I, I I'm really not a picky eater. But there's stuff I enjoy mm-hmm. more than others. So like, I can even eat healthy. But I'm going to be picking exactly how I want to be eating healthy. When you're a kid, you're just like, here's the plate.
3: Yeah. And you're
1: just like, oh, I either am eating this or not. You're like, oh, we're going to go to a restaurant. You're like, well, mom and dad picked the restaurant. You're like, oh, yeah. cool. I guess that's what we're eating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my,
3: hus- my husband would say I would kill somebody if I didn't get to eat. So, yeah, I think <laughs> eating is a big thing for me, and it also fills you with like when, when you're good, like when you're um fe- when you eat, and then you want to do something else, either creativity or just chilling or relaxing or going out. You're full. Your mind is bliss, You know what I mean? You're like able to do whatever you need to do. So, yeah. Also. Yeah.
1: Uh, Gonzalo I saw you
2: thinking about it yeah, yeah I, 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 I would say <laughs> I would say having the ability and the time to make sports every day
3: oh
1: oh so that's that's like the worst part is like you can't play sports every day
3: no
2: like... yeah today it's today it's one of the worst parts and when I when I started like doing circus professionally I had to stop playing sports because I couldn't get injured so I always said once I retire I'm going to start back doing sports but all my body now is injured so I have like shoulder <laughs> problems knee problems oh. ankle problems so each time I try to do a sport I can't move for three days so it's, it's really hard today for me <laughs> I see more of physiotherapists now than when I was circus artist oh, <laughs> you know, wow.
1: Yeah, no, I, I can I can definitely relate to that answer too because yeah just just like weird little like you're like oh you come home from school and I mean at least I grew up in Montreal. So it was just sort of like inevitably someone was playing hockey, like street hockey or whatever. You're just sort of like, Oh, I could either go inside and play video games or whatever, or I could just grab a stick and play hockey. And like you just have those options, but now you're like, Oh, if I wanted to play street hockey, I was like, I don't have a way to just play street hockey almost any time I feel like it's yeah. like there's a whole process involved if I have to go to a gym, sign up to a team, do whatever. I can't just be like, I'm going to go get my stick and jump in on this game that's yeah. just happening in front of my nose today. Yeah, no, I, I can I can definitely relate to that. Um, Chris, do you want to ask Joey's question or should I? I could send it to you. No, All right. Right. <laughs> Sorry, guys, there's a train going by in the background. I'll mute myself after I ask this question. Uh, if you could go back in time and see one show, what would it be?
0: Uh, Music, comedy, Fashion doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, fashion shows, I know which one. That's a very easy, easy question. It would be uh, Manu Chao concert in Peru in 2000 or 2001. I don't remember. I had to miss it because I had a final exam at university, uh-huh. and I hated myself. And then when they released the the DVD, I think I'd watch it for a thousand times and partied with it at home. Wow. And uh, if I would had like, ever been able to see that show, I would have been happier. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then,
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, this is, like, almost 20 years ago, and you've bought the DVD, and you've watched it, and you're, like, in a second, you're like, I had to be a study for final exam. But that final exam you did well on, and then it paved the way for your entire career, right? Like, don't tell yeah, us exactly. you failed it. Don't tell us no, you no. Know, like I failed the exam anyway, and it was all for nothing. I would have been like, go to the concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But there you go. At least you succeeded at the exam. Because <laughs> 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 that would have been the worst. If you had missed the concert <laughs> to study and then failed the exam, I would have been like, I could have just been here. <laughs> like,
2: that would have been the worst thing about being a kid. <laughs> <laughs> For sure.
1: Uh, Tan?
3: Yeah, it would either be music or fashion. And I would have to go with um, seeing a show by Alexander McQueen. He's one of my favorite um designers of all time yeah okay. yeah so i think just his name says that if you look up his stuff it's just like something you would never see even now i don't know an artist that can create the the mindset and art that he had uh yeah in this i world. think yeah. I've,
1: I've always it's like it's one of the shows that i've never been to is a fashion show right like i've seen it on <laughs> television
3: Yeah. like there
1: was like i remember uh, in the 90s whatever there was like fashion television always had like the the footage mm-hmm. of the runway, but I'm always, I've always kind of been fascinated by the idea mm-hmm. of that where you're like, it's essentially like you just sit still and then you're watching like art kind of like come at you and move around and then go back into the back. So it was like, I feel that there's such a weird, not weird, but like such a, like a unique energy that yeah. I feel most of us will miss out on because I don't think a lot of us go and see fashion yeah. shows, but I've always been kind of fascinated by the concept of yeah going to see a fashion show it seems like there's such a weird like energy and like performance that's well, happening with the models and the the pieces and everything
3: like he he did so many like he broke the rules of fashion like he did his own thing he didn't care what people thought and it was just a masterpiece like if you've seen he brought like a real life art where he bought a girl on um being sprayed by spray cans and a gun like a spray can gun he's done stuff that like were futuristic like alien like that you would uh it's just amazing like i i can't even describe you have to see it like because everyone has a perception of what type of art is and it's just yeah it's it's amazing yeah Yeah. very cool yeah uh
1: so yeah so now question five what question do you want to ask into the future uh without knowing who the guest is going to be so uh, it, chances are it's someone who has something to plug. It could be someone creative, like we said. It could be a comedian, it could be a musician, it could be a professional wrestler, it could be a sports person. Uh, we've had all kinds of people on the show. So just if, if you've ever wanted to ask a complete stranger a question without necessarily having to actually ask them, because we'll ask it for you. <laughs> 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 it's literally you can ask someone anything and make us ask them so you have that opportunity you guys can either come up with a question each or you can agree on to a question How you, however you want to do it is really up to you so we'll we'll figure it out
3: if you were to trademark a slogan what would it be and oh. why
1: that's good that's good that that and that kind of ties into when we talked about like sort of like building your brand and trying to find your audience and and everything that we've been talking about
3: I heard it on the (laughs) the radio today like uh, I think that one of the Kardashians said like she trade because she got to a point where she said the slogan so much and I'm like what so now I want to know what would a person trademark it for a slogan and why? Zalo, like, do you like
0: that
1: question? Do, do you have an additional question we can ask I, it? I so.
2: like it. I think it's a very smart question. And if you want, <laughs> I can, I can, I can put a very silly one just yeah. beside that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. <okay. laughs> but please don't go for mine, because mine is gonna be really for a comedian. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, it will oh, be I'm right right now. Because yeah, I know, I know, I know his answer. That's why I'm, I'm gonna ask it to the next one. Uh, oh. do, do you drink before performing? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I mean, doesn't it doesn't
3: necessarily
1: need to be a comedian. I could say you could yeah. say like, "Do you drink before creating or yeah, before
0: uh,
3: doing anything?" Yeah, I drink a lot of water.
0: <laughs> I have a coffee. <laughs> Some more water, Chris. Chris, but, you have a. You want to try?
1: You want to take a crack at the slogan? I was saying because I'm immediate. I already have. Yeah, it. No, yeah buddy? Nice.
3: Uh,
0: I already have it. What is it? What? what do you do? For, what do you do for food? <laughs> What do you what do you do for <laughs> what do you do for food?
3: And why would
0: you say that? <laughs> he knows you've been to my shows. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, you know how when you do when you go to a comedy show and the uh, the person the comic speaking will be like, "What do you do for a yeah. living? What do you, what is your job?" It's the Vendito way of asking that question. What do you do for food? Yeah. That's nice. How do you pay the bills? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have that trademarked after my uh, learning session with Gonzalo. Yeah, fine. i'm gonna definitely get that uh, trademark <laughs> good good, good idea trademark <laughs>
1: baby I, I don't know i have no idea what my my slogan or catchphrase is like what would i want to put something on a t-shirt that's uh
0: well that could be the, that could be the
3: body <laughs> and you gotta have the background so after you have it you gotta say why Why did you? Yeah, you have to have conviction,
0: Keith. You can't just throw
3: words together (laughs) on a slogan.
1: I understand what a slogan is, because immediately, like some Jenner, we didn't we didn't talk about it in this episode, thankfully, because I don't think this is the audience. But we do talk about pro wrestling a lot on this show, and I immediately thought how pro wrestlers always have their catchphrase, right? Mm. Like the guy can come out, say the catchphrase, and it'd be like the crowd chants along with it. The crowd gets into it. They put it on a T-shirt. It becomes all that.
0: Hey, The Rock just had Jabroni added to the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> he did it. That's a big time win for The Rock and the Iron Sheet.
1: He has a million though. <laughs> like The Rock has a million catchphrases. A million. Exactly. Anyways, I, like cool. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I, I feel on the spot, Chris. You have nothing. I have nothing, bro. Is it
0: go plug? Go I mean, yourself? plug yourself's a good one. It kind of is a
1: slogan. Like I was like, that was where my brain went. I was like, if I had to trademark a phrase, but I never say like, yo, go plug yourself. <laughs> like, I don't think we've ever said that on the show. Uh, we should. We should. Yeah, we should just yeah, every, every episode, hey. Before
3: like yeah, you, you boys try cover sign off, before you and... sign off, you guys should do that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, I was just going like... to say,
1: we, well, we have a song. Yeah. We do have a song that's, yeah. that's Go Plug Yourself, Plug and oh, Mother nice. Plugger. But I was also going to say that I was like, it's also not bad off the top where you're just sort of like, and welcome our guests. Hey, go plug yourself. And then you just put you mm-hmm. really on the spot. <laughs> you know, and you're like, what? <laughs> I thought there was going to be No, sell the thing. They Gonzalo him. said you have to know how to sell yourself. We're giving you this podcast
0: opportunity. Yeah, we're just gonna quote Gonzalo for the rest of our every guest. Well, you know Gonzalo. He gave you this opportunity, make the most of it. And then Chris and I can go get a drink.
1: That's the whole that's the new format. I
0: don't know, Gonzalo was pretty clear on this one.
1: Um uh, that was that was a lot of fun, you guys. That was great. Yeah, was uh great. So two locations uh, to go check out. What the pop? Uh, we'll put the links in the in the bio of the page. We'll link to your Facebook. We'll we'll share all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll link to your artist page as well. Um, and there's then the hashtag. There's the hashtag. Yes. The hashtag?
2: Yeah. There's a hashtag. Uh, at yes. Uh, yes, yes, what the, the, the pop. pop?
1: Yes, what the pop? All right. So hashtag it. Uh, yeah get out there go, go check out support the support local artists and like I said this, this is art across the board as you guys have said a million times and then also I guess stay tuned for next week when uh, if for some reason you didn't have a chance to make it out on the weekend you can still support those artists and get some of your
0: Christmas shopping done online
3: yes
0: awesome. hey, best of luck guys this was a lot of fun oh, and thank I you, wish you both the best. Pleasure. Pleasure. thank you so
3: much
1: Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, Thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, If you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, We really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, Please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal, or uh, just p- people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a it's a fun show. We we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over 200 episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show at all, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way. It really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part. We're really not trying to make a profit on this. Um, and also, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter. There's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and, uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and... Uh, plugs something. A uh, big thank you as always to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude who provided our theme songs. And of course, a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show. Uh, Walter J. Ling, who is technically retired, but still sometimes hosts, uh, Christopher Vendito, Lawrence Corber, and uh, Ines Anaya uh, All are all amazing co-hosts and you should support them and their comedy and, uh, and all of that. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for choosing Go Plug Yourself uh, as one of your from the millions of podcasts and have a beautiful day thank
0: you 905.cc podcast blogs and comics made in montreal since 2011